God is not wanting to for you to give up your talents, but for you to use your talents, not for yourself, but for the advancement of the work of God. It's a lie from the devil, you know, that lay people can do some evangelism in their free time or in their like on, on Sabbath afternoon or something like that. If we think we're going to finish the work this way, you know, let's think again. There comes a moment in someone's life where you realize that, you know, I'm actually good at something, whether that's, you know, as a teenager or as a young adult, um, you know, maybe even as a kid. And you start doing that very thing. For me, it was uh, playing an instrument, playing the piano. Um, and then comes another moment in your life. Maybe it was the same for me where you realize, well, okay, uh, Jesus is my personal savior. I want to commit my life to him. And you want to take the cost of discipleship on you. You want to leave the world behind. Now, Jesse, do I have to give everything up? Do I have to give up my talents for God? So here's the thing, you know, um, I actually do believe that we need to learn to surrender everything. I think that's a, that's the cost of discipleship is we need to learn to surrender all of our talents. We need to surrender all of our lives, like everything we should leave behind in the sense of surrendering that, like being willing to give it up if God asks you to give it up. I have friends that have given up everything that they have built in their lives for the sake of becoming a missionary, you know, in the jungle somewhere. But um, some cases, in some cases, this is not the case, right? So the the surrender applies to everyone, but surrender doesn't mean that you need to give it up. Okay, surrendering means you're willing to give it up. But many times, and I would say more often than not, God is not wanting to for you to give up your talents but for you to use your talents, not for yourself, but for the advancement of the work of God. So it's actually integrating what you're good at and what you love to do with the cause of God and not, not this typical, like, no, I gave up my past life and now I'm doing something completely different outside of my, my skill set, etc. You know, and, and we glorify that weakness often. We say, we say well, you know, now I can't take any glory for myself because I'm not good at this. And and uh, so God, whatever it comes good, whatever good comes out of it, you know, um, it must have been God because it was it certainly wasn't me. And, and it sounds good. OK, it sounds it doesn't sound bad. But actually, you know, uh, the book Education says that God's life calling for us is determined by our capabilities and by our talents. So. So it's actually supposed to be integrated. You know, the, the God gives us talents, not for us to just give them up, but for us to surrender them. But then he gives them to us actually for us to use them in God's work, into advancing God's work. So that's really where we, where we see how passion and profession and mission and, and, and business and our work life really can merge together into one nice picture of a holistic person that is serving God with all of their talents, 
um, advancing the work of God, living off of it at the same time, taking care of their family and 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 being able to be a good witness um, through their, their their life and example. Many times it's not the case, right? We we realize that surrender part ha- is happening, and then we are you know surrendering it, and then we think, okay, now it's time to uh, go to seminary. Now it's time to study theology. Now it's time to go to the jungle and like be a missionary, right? Um, is that always the case? You know, when I had my first conversion experience at 18, that was the first thing. You know, I knew I wanted to give up everything. You know, I was into drumming. I was into all kinds of things. And I wanted to give up everything. And, and all I wanted to do is serve God. And the truth is that, you know, the pastor came to me and said, to be honest, you know, if you want to work full time for God, there's only one way. Okay, you've got to study theology. Okay, otherwise you're always going to be some hodgepodge missionary <clears throat> doing whatever, uh, nothing professional. Um, so the only way really is to go study theology. And but I knew I, you know, theology means I'm going to be a pastor. But I, I, I was, I, I wasn't. I didn't see my calling at all. It didn't fit with me at all. This idea of being a, a local pastor. So, so. I, you know, somehow I, I couldn't figure it out. And so then I, I, I actually decided to study theology anyway, um, because, you know, knowing theology is always going to be helpful. I mean, I'm always going to use it since I'm, I'm going to work for God for the rest of my life. I might as well understand more about the Bible and Greek and Hebrew and, you know, get it right. And 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 that was not bad. But what what really bugged me is this idea that this this only there's only really one way to serve God, you know, and it's by being a pastor. And, you know, in, in a few countries, uh, it's, it's, it's known, or in the developed countries, it's more known that you, you know, you used to at least be able to go out as a missionary out in the jungle. Mostly doctors would do that, you know. And so you'd, you, have, you have kind of that idea too, so you can do that. But that's not really a responsible way of being uh, a missionary either. Because then you gotta, then other people have to fund you, and you're not making your own money, and blah blah. So, so you know they have. There's this apprehension about being that foreign missionary, but but that's an option if you're gonna be full time. Um, but it really, we don't have a concept that really has integrated uh, mission work into our daily lives. You know, you you you. If you think a missionary, you think you're going out in the boonies. And and fighting against crocodiles and you know trying to save some 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 indigenous people you know and, and but but we don't we don't connect actually being a missionary with being a missionary where where wherever I am right here right now in a developed context or in wherever context you know and it's my local community it's my family it's my friends it's my community it's my neighbors you know. Uh, we we somehow we disconnect that from missionary uh, work. So, is there a way to uh, to uh, go beyond that? Is there a way to change the paradigm and um, basically engage all talents? Like, I mean, if we you know we have different talents, I think we can all agree on that, right? How do we engage then um, all talents for the work of God? Uh, for me. The best example of this was really when I read about the priesthood in the Bible, in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. You know, very often 
we actually justify our concept of the priesthood of the pastors being the priests um, with the Old Testament of the Levites. But we don't we forget that the Levites were not the only priests, you know. The Levites were special priests. They were the Levite priests that were in charge of the sanctuary service. But the Bible, according to you know Exodus 19, verse 6, had the calling that every person in the Jewish community was meant to be a priest. It was to be a kingdom of priests, a royal priesthood. And 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 uh, the problem was that they didn't take that calling. Actually, they didn't really implement that calling. They drifted off, you know, started following these golden calves and stuff like that. And 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 then the Levites were the ones that were faithful, and therefore then they kind of took on that role of trying to get the rest of the of the of the community um, back into being that priest. And the idea of the priesthood in the Old Testament was really being a mediator, a mediator between God and who? Well, not between God and themselves, but between God and the other peoples around them. You know, so so it actually has that missionary feel. Even in the Old Testament, they were meant to be the priests to mediate between God and all the nations around. And they were meant to reach all of the nations around. But they reduced it to now then suddenly being these Levites that were to mediate between God and the actual people of God who were supposed to be priests, you know. And then, but then, but then really the ideal was always that everybody was meant to be priests. And all of them had specific types of talents that they were to be, that they were to use in the advancement of the kingdom of God, you know. And and yes, the Levites had a different form of priesthood. The priesthood that the Levites had were the tithe-based priests. They were not to have their own income. They were not to have their own businesses and their own trades um, and their own even property, right? They were to live off of the tithes of the other priests. Now, the other priests were called self supporting priests right so they all had their own trades they all had their own projects uh, and businesses and agriculture and, and and land that was divided up amongst all of them and they were then to give tithes to them for those to survive and to live off of those things so really 90 percent of the of the of the jewish community was meant to be self-supporting priests and the other ones were you know 10 percent of Tithe-based priest, essentially. In the New Testament, Peter, 1 Peter 2.9, right, says, We're a kingdom of priests, a royal priesthood, called to proclaim the goodness of God to the world, right? So today, it's the same thing. It's church members are actually meant to be priests, right? And are, are and priests are the separated ones, those who have been separated for a specific purpose a divine purpose a divine mission basically which is matthew 28 right uh preaching the gospel unto every nation preaching and demonstrating you know i want to reiterate that so so that's kind of that's kind of really where the concept comes from of this holistic priesthood of all believers integrating not just the pastoral preachy talents which 
you know, less than 5% of the world's population loves to speak, you know, uh, in public, especially. They, they all like to speak, most of them, but not in public. So only, only 5% like to speak up front. The rest feels neglected because they don't have these pastoral uh, traits, you know, or talents. And so I think we, we really need to break loose of that concept and, and, and start celebrating all talents. Because truly, the work of God cannot advance if we don't start um, opening up and integrating all the talents that God has placed in the church to, to really for the sake of advancing the work of God and demonstrating to the world that God is actually love and he likes people and he's much nicer than what people think, you know? Where are all those talents? You've been mentioning that, you know, we are a royal priesthood. Um, we have talents. I think every listener here can can say that, you know, of himself or herself, that we have talents that, you know, something special that God gave us that we're good at. Now, how how do we actually use that momentum and uh, where are all those talents? Yeah, you know, statistically, less than 2%, just a little more than 1% of our church membership actually is working full-time to advance the work of God. And that's pastors and, you know, church administrators and administrative assistants, every all the church employees, right? Um, but that is like 1%. And 99% is sitting on the pews. And that is actually where the gold is. That's where we need to be digging. That's what we need to be focusing on and saying, this is where all the resources are. This is where we need to spend time. You know, And we continually uh, focus our resources on hiring a Bible worker to do something or or hiring another pastor to do more work, you know, uh, the pastor. And we think that the pastors are going to finish the work. But we know this is not true, you know. Testimonies, volume 9, right? Page, what is it, 117. It It says, the work of God will never be finished on this earth until the church members... Rally to the work and unite their efforts with those of church, pa- uh, with pastors and church officers. So, really, it's it's the it's the ninety nine percent that is sitting on pews today um, that need to get activated. The problem is that I think is kind of a it's a lie from the devil. You know that he's he's convinced us that the way that lay people can engage is by paying tithe and maybe some offerings if they're really good you know and 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 coming to church sometimes and um uh, and if and if they're really super committed then they can do they can do some evangelism in their free time or in their like on on sabbath afternoon or something like that you know to do some kind of an activity of distributing some glow tracks or something you know this this, if, if we think we're going to finish the work this way, you know, let's think again. This is not going to, I know it's not going to happen. It's never going to happen if we don't change our mindset as to how we're going to engage the lay people. Um, and, and I really don't like this word lay people because lay comes, is a medieval construct, you know, that 
essentially tries to say you're not a professional or you're you you don't know what you're talking about when it comes to spirituality you know there's the professionals which is the priests and then there's these lay people that really know nothing about any of this stuff and we can't really trust them to give bible studies or anything like that so this is really nonsense we're professionals we're meant to be priests you know all of us and but we have talents in different arenas and we should really use all of these talents we should engage all of them not in a just in a free time capacity but really shift it into part time and and really long term full time wow now let's change that paradigm let's shift it and let's actually get engaged how you can do that practically Jesse and I are going to talk about that after a short break so uh, stay with us Hive is your number one platform for missional entrepreneurship. Start, grow, and scale your faith-based business with us day by day. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just look for Hive INT. That's Hive International. Hive INT. Let's change this world and the world to come together. Welcome back, everyone. We're talking about talents. I'm sure you have plenty of talents that you want to use for the work of God. And Jesse and I want to tell you now how you can actually make it happen, how we change the paradigm, how we engage all talents in God's work. Now, Jesse, how do we start? Starting is not that difficult. You know, you don't have to start out full time. You can start uh, with a side hustle. Okay, this is why I love mission entrepreneurship. It's it really opens up this field of effort that anybody can get into, and you don't need to do that full time, especially not with the internet and with with technology that we have. Um, anybody can spin up a website, man. There's so many free resources for putting up websites, for putting up a, a project or whatever a concept. So definitely start doing it in your free time, and uh, and see if you get some traction, right? And 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 just get it going. Um, the the other thing that is really, I think, is really important, but more on a systematic level, is we really need we really need to change the paradigm on different levels, on a local church level, and on a on an educational institution level. You know, we really need to see people not just as you're just working full time in something. And uh, and and see if I can get you as a volunteer for something in a, in, a, in a church ministry function, but really we need to th- rethink our concept of how we're going to reach the city or the community that our local church is rooted in. Right? Um, wh- how do we see what our our church members are doing in their full time job if they have if they have their full time some kind of a business that they're running if it's a restaurant or if it's an an an, an electric an, uh, an electric uh, what do you call it an electricity business or like a a contractor of some sort or they're a painter or they're i mean an architect it doesn't matter what they are right what they do if they're if they have their own little business that they're operating or they have a bakery or they have a, a health center or they're a coach or they're they have a they're a doctor and they have a clinic whatever view those people as real missionaries okay missional entrepreneurs that can use their business 
to advance the work of the church, right? Use it as outlets. They have clients that are paying a lot of money for them to spend time with them. Well, uh, you capitalize on that, right? That's a, that's a lot of influence that is already going on. And they sh we should empower them. We should train them on how to use that influence that they have with the local, with their, their clients, etc. And then connecting the local businesses and contractors together around that church or around that city to reach them. This is part of the hive vision anyway, right? Is creating these beehives of all these little businesses and enterprises working together to reach that city. So it, that's, a, that's on a church, on a local church level. When we do strategic planning with a local church, we need to integrate not just what we do on a volunteer basis, but what we do on a full-time basis, what people are doing on their jobs, in their work. Now, yes, not everybody has their own business, right? Most people don't have their own business. And they can also be, you know, missionaries wherever you are, okay? That's, that's, that's a principle. At the same time, um, imagine how much more effective it would be if your boss was in favor of you sharing the gospel with their with your clients, okay, and with your coworkers. I mean, it would be so much more potential, so much more power um, if you can get if you can get the the personal mission aligned with the corporate mission, with the business or with the the, the institution that you're working with. You know, having that alignment. Um, creates a lot more synergy. But then at the same time, the other thing is the, is the, is um, our educational institutions. You know, um, how do we structure our universities so that, so that it's assumed as part of the curriculum, as part of the training, that not just the, the theology students end up working full-time for, for the church and for God, but actually the business students end up working full-time for God somehow afterwards. Or the medical students, or the designers, or the, the architects, or all the degrees that we have, you know, that they all come out really trained as missionaries that we can integrate into the work of God. You know, every institution that I know needs an accountant. Every business, missionary business that I know needs an accountant, needs, you know, we need mechanics. We need cashiers. We need uh, salespeople. We need we need all the talents out there and integrate them. You know, I was first introduced to this at an institution in Norway. <clears throat> it was amazing. They had they actually had a post office as part of their mission outreach. Okay, they had a post office mission. Uh, you know, post office. They had the they had a, a health food store. Okay, they had a bakery. They had the largest sprout of bread bakery in Norway. Okay, they had they had a, an organic farm. You know, they had a lifestyle center. I mean, they had a restaurant. They had, of course, they had the missionary training program where we where they trained everybody on how to do that. So so it was so broad that I realized, man, you can be almost anything and work for God full time, and so. But this is, and this was still like in an institutional setting, a nonprofit, you know. But then I realized, man, we really need to shift this into entrepreneurship and just open it up. It can be an e-commerce business. I mean, it can be whatever, and and you can utilize those 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 businesses as vehicles to reach people for 
the gospel. And so, so really, it is mission entrepreneurship that is really broadening that spectrum so that we can engage all the talents really in advancing the work of God. And, and, and sometimes, you know, people misunderstand. I'm not saying everybody needs to be an entrepreneur. We only need maybe 5% entrepreneurs because every entrepreneur needs 10, 20, 30, 50, 100 people to work with him in their business, you know, to deliver those services, etc. But then you're considered a missionary as well because you're working in a business that has its overall structure and overall plan and mission to reach those customers and to demonstrate the love and care of God. So 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 really having that synergy, you know, then incorporates really any job out there with the advancement of the work of God. Now, all having said all of that, you know, yes, we want to we want to include all the talents, etc. But just you know, just to just to be you know uh, correct in all things, you know, there's sanctified talents and then there's unsanctified talents. Okay, so we're not talking about integrating unsanctified talents just because you know how to sell alcohol doesn't mean you should do that for the advancement of the cause of god okay so so but sales is a talent that you can be used that can be used in either direction so that's really part of uh what we're talking about so so really sanctifying those talents and advancing the work of god that way powerful and hive gives you a lot of resources a lot of possibilities to actually get started and do it uh jesse do we want to share a little bit of what we as hive have been uh doing in the past few years and how um we can get involved you know and how, how basically we can use our talents now um uh, maybe as an employer maybe as an employee uh for the work of god what can we do so we have um spent an quite a bit of time helping a number of companies around the world, actually in, in, in different continents, um, really to make their, you know, oftentimes, most of the time, actually, we help, uh, we help them be more profitable, okay, in, in terms of just actually increasing their sales, et cetera, because that's, that helps them be able to have that freedom to really think along the missional lines um, and they have more access to more customers, right? To, so they can actually reach more people. So that's the first step. The second step really, um, and that we also have created a number of resources and they're free on the website. If you go to, to, to our website, you can download them. You know, it's, we've, we've basically um, been working on this concept of designing the customer journey of your clients. So, so that, you create these moments, these special spiritual moments within the journey of the client, not to overwhelm them and not to make it like unattractive or like, you know, hit them with the head with, with, a, with a big fat book or anything, but to really design it in such a way that really integrates the message with your values of the company, with the mission of your company and you can sell it in such a in such a cohesive way that it makes it even more attractive to the client um, to to want to know more about these kinds of things and and uh, and, and really providing these kind of uh, opportunities and uh, platforms for 
for clients to be able to find out more and, and do more and get to know you, get to know you as founder. So there's 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 um, there's resources on on all of these steps. You know, even like understanding the persona, understanding the the the, the your target audience really uh, from the spiritual perspective. So we have we we help you know people develop uh, understanding the target your, our target audience like personas. But really incorporating into those personas the spiritual, the spirituality, and the values and the worldview of these people. Like, what do they believe? What do they think about the world, about God, about nature, human nature, sinful nature, or or not? You know, and all these things. So that we really have a broader understanding of who we're trying to reach, uh, not just to sell them something, but really to also lead them on and broadening their worldview. And potentially even changing their worldview, right? Um, so, so, so these are the kinds of resources I really encourage you to go on the website and and, and download it, work with it, and if you need help, you know we're always here to try to help any 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 business, any ministry out there to be more effective in reaching in reaching people and connect. I mean, uh, go online, sign up as a member. And you can connect to our community of hundreds of entrepreneurs around the world that are trying to trying to incorporate uh, the missional aspect into our business. And you can talk to others, and you can learn from 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 everyone else, and they can learn from you. And so we're trying to build this this network that uh, that you can be part of, and we can help each other and uh, really support each other in every way possible. I just want to echo that and encourage you to do three things today. Number one, check out our free resources page on our website. You'll find the link in the podcast description. Number two, sign up and become a Hive member. If you haven't done that, if you haven't joined the movement, we have weekly business newsletters. We have the platform. We have a chat function. You can chat with other entrepreneurs. It's so worth it. So sign up and become a member. And number three, Pray that God reveals to you how you can use your talents in the most effective way possible. I think that's something that we can all do no matter where we are on this journey because God loves to use us. He loves to use our talents. He gave us our talents. So let's use it for his glory. I'll see you next week.